listening to Rumination Thursday Law and Gospel on this July the 27th in the year of our Lord 2023. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and normally on Thursdays, we have with us our good friend, Pastor Wes Reimnitz. But today, he's on assignment outside of the state. So I'm all alone today in taking a look at an email dealing with the rapture. And if you have any questions that I can answer on Friday, then email me at tombaker at brick.net. That's B-R-I-C-K dot net. The email that we're taking a look at today is entitled, Enough with these crazy rapture prophecies. Well, what is the rapture? There are some people who believe that God is going to bring an end to Christian lives here in the world, and that Christians alone will be taken up into heaven. You better be careful that you're not on a plane because if it's a Christian pilot, he will disappear and the plane will probably crash to the ground. There is even even a movie on the rapture and it's really quite horrendous because not all people are taken out of this world at the same time. There's a rapture and for some people, It'll last a thousand years as unbelievers sometimes may get a chance to become a believer. Well, what is the rapture today? This is by Michael Brown, whose email begins, Back in the 1970s, I used to joke that someone was going to write a book titled Jesus is Coming Back in the 1970s, only to publish a new and revised edition a few years later titled Jesus is Coming in the 80s. Little did I know that on January 1st, 1988, Edgar Wysenant, a former NASA engineer, would publish 88 reasons why the rapture will be in 1988. Hundreds of thousands of his books were sold, creating a national frenzy. Some Christians even plunged heavily into debt thinking that they would leave the bills for the Antichrist. Instead, they left them for the collection agency that went after them after there was no rapture in 1988. Yet, true to form, Wisenant quickly revised his calculations publishing an updated version of his studies on January the 1st, 1989, that he said is the new year 
of the rapture. Uh, the book was titled, The Final Shout, Rapture Report 1989. It too went through several revisions as the year of the rapture was adjusted annually, year after year. I kid you not. Then there was Harold Camping, who first predicted that the judgment day would occur on or about September the 6th, 1994. When that failed to occur, he revised the date to September the 29th and then to October 2nd in 2005. Camping predicted that the second coming of Christ would occur on May the 21st, 2011, whereupon the saved would be taken up to heaven in the rapture and that there would follow five months of brimstone and plagues on earth with millions of people dying each day, culminating on October the 21st, 2011, with the final destruction of the world. Well, what is striking in this is that despite the previous failures in setting the date for Judgment Day, not to mention bizarre doctrines that these people espouse, many thousands still believed his 2011 prophecy, which received wide attention. It was only after that failure, exasperated by his age, he was about 90 years old at the time, that put an end to his folly. Now, the latest utterly ridiculous prediction is that the rapture will occur before the end of this year. That's right. The clock is ticking rapidly, and we've only got a few months at most before we're out of here. And guess what? Even many Christians believe that that is true. Well, for the record, we as Christians really don't believe in a secret pre-trib rapture at all at any time in the future. Instead, we understand from the scriptures that the church will meet Jesus in the air when he returns for the world to see. And we will accompany him back to earth at that time, a new earth and a new heaven. Unfortunately, there is a divide over this issue. And some of the finest Christians on the planet do believe in a pre-trib rapture. And the purpose of this article is not to debate the pre-trib rapture. Instead, it is to expose the latest, completely unfounded prophecy, especially since it claims to deduce all this information 
from the first word of the first line of the first book of the Hebrew Bible. Yes, how did they arrive at this nonsense? From the opening letters of Genesis, which are B, R, S, H, Y, T. And it's traditionally translated as in the beginning. But C.J. Lovick has deduced that we will be out of here by the end of this year. As a Hebrew language scholar, I can assure you this is absolute rubbish. You might as well deduce the date of the Lord's return using the first line of your local phone book. The results would be just as bogus. Now, Lovick posted his claims in a 2018 YouTube video that has now been viewed more than 1.8 million times and showing no signs of humility as the dates drew nearer, he released his predictions in digital written form in 2022. You can take a look at the video on YouTube. It's titled, Is the End of Days Prophesied in the First Word of the Bible? Now, people started posting links to his video. So, to watch the first few minutes, during which time Lovick completely misuses the Hebrew text, then fast forwarding to the end, he proclaims with certainty that the church of Jesus would not be here on earth by the end of 2023. Now, he might be sincere, or he might be just wanting to make money by buying his book. But the fact is, his claims are dead wrong. You can take a few minutes to look at his video. It resulted in three short and other videos. The ancient Hebrew letters, once they became an alphabet, no longer contain pictographic meanings. That means the letters originally came from pictures, just like our English alphabet, which goes back to the same original photographic sources as the Greek and Hebrew alphabets. In another video, it's very clear that the astonishing insights from the words in the beginning were completely hogwash, meaning that there is no rapture coming. In yet another video, 
the photographic meaning of the Hebrew letters to the text, asking viewers to decipher two sentences in Hebrew. Both consisted of just two words, using the alleged photographic meanings. To illustrate this, here using English, the writer says, let's take my father's name, which is Ab, A-B-E. The argument would be that the letter A originally meant ox, therefore standing for something strong. B originally meant house, speaking of some kind of dwelling. As for E, let's say it originally meant eagle as something that soars in the air. What then would be the meaning of my father's name, Ab? It would signify that he was a strong leader, the man of the house, the one who lifted us all up. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff people are reading into the words of the Hebrew Bible. The sky is the limit in terms of what you can deduce. It's the exact same things with the Hebrew letters, which to repeat are simply that, letters. They're not symbols with secret pictographic meanings. If you like to watch an in-depth explanation that's also on youtube so to illustrate the point this author listed alleged pictographic meanings for these four hebrew words the first of which allegedly consisted of ox or goad with the second consisting of mark as in putting a mark on something then head, fishhook, and fence. These were the alleged pictographic meanings of these various letters in the Hebrew alphabet. Some of the interpretations included ox goad plus ox, which meant get the ox to go. Mark plus head plus fish hook plus fence. Aim the fish hook to the head, but can't access the fishing spot because blocked by a fence. I mean, this is all quite ridiculous. And there's nothing in the Hebrew alphabet that leads to these conclusions. What in reality did the Hebrew words mean? Well, let's take a look at the fifth commandment. Do not murder. They were taken straight from the, sec from the Ten Commandments. But the second sentence, which received equally far-fetched, totally interpretations, was also from the Ten Commandments, do not commit adultery. Yet when this nonsense is exposed, and there's no other word for it but nonsense, the people 
are as if I had spat on the Bible or challenged the most sacred beliefs. It is really sad to see this. Aren't the words God spoke to us words that are intelligible and understandable and mean what they say? They're words of life and truth enough for us. Now, that doesn't mean that the meaning is obvious. For example, we've said this a number of times, but when Jesus met the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, they knew the scriptures, but they didn't understand the meaning. And Jesus began in the Old Testament and went through the passages of the Old Testament to point out that there was a reason for the suffering of the Messiah. There was a reason for his crucifixion and his erection, and also soon his ascending into heaven. All of these reasons are the true substance of the Christian faith. And they begin to be foretold not by trying to figure out the pictures behind the Hebrew alphabet, but simply by reading the passage. It is sadder though, that more distressing are that people actually think that hidden in the first words of Genesis is a prophecy that Jesus will remove only Christians from the earth by the end of 2023. This contradicts our belief that the words of the Bible are life and truth, and they're sufficient for us. It's absolute madness, not to mention a shocking indictment of the immaturity of some Christians. How could anyone really think that Jesus was going to rapture only his people out this year when there is so much more we need to accomplish here in his service? The author says, back in 1988, a friend asked me if I was going to read the 88 Reasons book, which predicted the rapture on September 12th of that year. I responded with a smile. I'll read it on September the 13th, which of course was the day after the rapture was to occur. We need to remember that after this year, there will be others who will predict that the rapture is going to occur. Jesus made it very clear in the Bible that even in his state of humiliation, he was not aware when the end of the world would come. And he was talking about the end of the world for both Christians and unbelievers. It is clear 
that taking a look at Matthew 25, the sheep and the goats, that the end time will occur for both at the same date. When that date will occur, can it be maybe yet this year? Or can it be a thousand years from now? No one knows. But we have a task, a mission, a privilege to share the message of Jesus Christ with many who are still in the darkness of unbelief. And the idea that the rapture will occur this year is actually a way of Satan of bringing to a halt the Christian desire to reach out to save others. Why waste time if the rapture is going to occur this year? There's not enough time to reach out to all the people. But God wants us to reach out. In fact, our reaching out is by the means of grace, not telling them that the rapture is going to occur this year, but encouraging them to read the Holy Scriptures and learn about the means of grace. What do we mean by that? God has a means by which he brings people into his holy Christian church. That is through faith in Jesus Christ. And that faith can occur in baptism. I baptize, baptize you into the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's not a rapture occurrence. It's an occurrence that occur at any time as we baptize even infants. That is God's way of bringing them into his holy Christian church. You don't have to wait for the rapture to be a member of God's new kingdom through faith. And that can come about by reading holy scriptures. Many people have come to faith in Jesus Christ by hearing the word of God from the 66 books of the Bible. And the Holy Spirit has created trust in them in regard to the promises of Jesus Christ. When you have that trust, you are part of the kingdom of God. Your sins may continue because we still have a fallen nature, but those sins are taken care of, not by the rapture, but by the cross of Christ, who died so that you will never really die. As Jesus said to Martha, before the raising of Lazarus at the tomb, those who believe in me will never die. Now, obviously, some people say, but we all die on earth. What does Jesus mean? It means that our new Adam, our spirit, will never die. At the moment of our death, our body may die and be put into the ground. But the spirit immediately goes to heaven to be with Jesus. 
We know that is true from the transfiguration when both Moses and Elijah were with Jesus. They had not gone out of existence. They were in existence. Elijah particularly had been taken up to heaven while he was still alive. There's no record of his death, but there is a record of the death of Moses. God himself buried him. And yet, Moses was at the transfiguration. The disciples were so astonished. Remember Peter? He wanted to build tents of worship for each of them, not just for Jesus, but for Moses and Elijah. But what was he told? No, instead return back down to the earth from the Mount of Ascension and preach in the synagogues and in the temple about Jesus Christ. That led, of course, not to the rapture of the disciples, but except for John, to their martyrdom. They all died, but they died in expressing the greatest hope the world has ever heard. And that hope was Jesus Christ, a sure hope. We do not hope for what we can see. We hope for what we cannot see, according to Romans. And what we cannot see is our life of bliss in heaven. The, the more you try to speculate about that, the harder it becomes, because it's a realm of existence that has no comparison to anything we have here on earth. We can only define it as God does, that it will be a time of great bliss for believers in Jesus Christ. There will be no suffering. There will be no sickness. There will be no pain. There will be no disease. There will be no death. But it will be a constant realm of bliss as we continue to eat the great supper that is foretold in Holy Communion, the very body and blood of Jesus Christ. And Jesus says that that is a meal that we will have eternally in heaven. We will be like Jesus. We will be semi-eternal, which means, yes, we had a beginning, but we had no death. In other words, when you listen about the rapture, it is ridiculous. There's nothing in the Bible that backs it up. And we instead wait for the final day of judgment. I'm Tom Baker. You're listening to Law and Gospel. Listen tomorrow. Till then, God bless you.
Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your checkout to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132 or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.